0: The Bible says the angel said unto the uh, woman, in verse 5, Matthew 28, the angel said, Fear not ye, for I know that ye seek Jesus, which was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen, as he said. Come see the place where the Lord lay. And uh, I love the fact that there were angels there, that God put angels there to welcome those who came to the tomb, came to the grave. Now, I'm not sure what you believe about when Jesus actually died on the cross. The Bible doesn't exactly tell us which day of the week it was, uh, but I don't believe it was Friday because the math doesn't add up for that. I know that a lot of folks celebrate Good Friday, and you can do that. Just like Jesus probably wasn't born on December 25th, we still celebrate Christmas. But he probably uh, was crucified on Wednesday, more likely, I believe, on Thursday. And uh, three days later, the first day of the week, which is Sunday, he rose from the grave. And uh, I, love, uh, I love just this day of the year. But we should not just only celebrate the resurrected Savior on Easter Sunday, we should be celebrating the resurrected Savior every day of the year. Amen? But again, this truth, I love hearing this story. The angel is there. He says, don't worry. Fear not. Uh, for he is not here. He has risen as he said. I want to talk about that a little bit today. Matthew chapter 12. We want to see what he said. Verse 38. Let's stand for the reading of God's word. Giving you a second there to find it. Matthew 12 verse 38. And we'll go ahead and read down through verse 41 together. And you read out loud with me every one of these verses. And we'll try to stay together. I'll go as slow as I can, but as fast as I can to just read all of these together. And you just stick with me. Verse 38. Then certain of the scribes and of the Pharisees answered, saying, Master, we would see a sign from thee. But he answered and said unto them, An evil and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign, and there shall be no sign be given to it but the sign of the prophet Jonah. For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth." The men of Nineveh shall rise in judgment with this generation and shall condemn it because they repented at the preaching of Jonah. And behold, a greater than Jonah is here. Let's, read, let's pray for the reading. Lord, I thank you for your word. I ask that you would speak to us this, this morning as we look at uh, the, uh, the sign of Jonah and how Jesus prophesied of his death, burial, and resurrection. Three days and three nights. Lord, how significant these things are in the Bible, and uh, there is meaning to it. And uh, Lord, I do pray that you'd help us today as we see that, as, as Jesus said, that uh, Nineveh repented. And it's sad that people who have the resurrected Savior, uh, who have all the many infallible proofs, as it was stated by Luke in the book of Acts, how uh, the resurrection could not be refuted, although many people have tried to deny it. Uh, They tried to deny the existence of God, uh, but there's too much support for the fact that Jesus came out of the grave. And every other religious leader, every renowned uh, person that has, uh, has talked about a way of salvation or a way to heaven, all of those men are in their graves this morning. But we know that Jesus came out alive. And he, resur- he not only resurrected, but he ascended to heaven. And as Jesus told his disciples that he went to prepare a place for us. And if he goes and prepares a place for us, he's going to come back. And we thank you that uh, Jesus is coming soon, Lord. And we, we know that the, the hour is at hand when the, the, the coming of Christ will be. And uh, we thank you that although, yes, these are dark times and things are going to become uh, a lot more uh, difficult and more dangerous, uh, we know that, uh, that there is hope beyond all of that. And we thank you for the hope of heaven. Whether we go in death or we go in the resur- uh, resurrection through the rapture, we thank you for that. And uh, Lord, I, I do pray that you would bless this day, all that is said and done. May you be glorified again. In Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. Uh, God told Jonah, if you remember the story of Jonah and uh, Matthew, uh, the translation here of the King James uh, says Jonas, but that's Jonah. So who he's talking about. You, you remember the story of Jonah, how that uh, he was told by God to go and preach the gospel go and preach repentance to the city of Nineveh. Now, Nineveh was part of the uh, nation of Syria; it was the the, uh, the 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 main city of that nation or that kingdom. And uh, the Assyrian people were wicked and vile, and had treated the Jews terribly. And uh, here, uh, uh, God is telling a man to go and uh, give uh, and give the message of, of repentance and ultimately grace and mercy if they turn from their sin and and, and seek after God. And he's telling them to go and preach that message to them, that God will forgive them. And uh, one of the reasons Jonah didn't want to go, I would say, is because he didn't want to see them come to salvation. Of course, we know that uh, preaching is a fearful thing, and going to a place that you're not familiar with as a missionary, in a sense, is a fearful thing. But, but the reason that Jonah didn't want to go was, was, not, was not so much that he was afraid of going to somewhere unfamiliar, but that he didn't want there to be any possibility that these wicked people could be forgiven of their sins. That's a, that's a horrible reason not to go. But we know that uh, God dealt with Jonah. He went the other way and, and Jonah uh, got into a ship to flee from the presence of God. And, uh, uh, and and you need to note this morning, just in case you were wondering, if you try to run from God, there's really no place you can go to hide from God. And, uh, and some of you have found that out, that God will find you wherever you are And if you're one of his children, he's going to chastise you. Why? Because he hates you. No, because he loves you. He loves you. He cares about you. And he doesn't want you to do further harm to yourself. And Jonah here was in sin. He was running from God. But God came and found him in that ship. And uh, the the storm came. God allowed there to be a storm. And uh, when Jonah uh, went overboard, God had already prepared a fish or a whale to come and swallow up Jonah and uh, take him back to where he was supposed to be. Uh, but we see that, uh, we see that uh, many people today even have a hard time with uh, this whole whale story, right? You know, how could a, a guy be swallowed by a whale or a fish or a sea monster or whatever it was here? How could that happen and he still live? Because Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights. And... Um, you know, there's actually been stories in the last hundred years of people surviving, uh, being swallowed by whales. And so, really, it's not all that far-fetched. But, uh, you know, why should it be so hard for a whale to swallow Jonah? You know, I've heard somebody say, after all, it couldn't be that hard because Jonah was a minor prophet. You know, he wasn't that big, Right. And the book of Jonah is the minor prophet. But Clarence Darrow, if you ever heard of the Scopes trial, Clarence Darrow and the uh, brilliant lawyer and William Jennings Bryan, a great Christian man, they, they were uh, at the Scopes trial in Tennessee. They were arguing in court about evolution as to, as, as to whether evolution was going to be allowed to be taught in the public school or if creationism was going to be alo- allowed to be taught in the public schools. And Clarence Darrow, this great lawyer, he tried confusing William Jennings Bryan and make him look silly on the witness stand, and he said something like this. He said to William Jennings Bryan, he said, well, you believe the Bible. Yes, sir, I do. You believe all the Bible. He said, yes, I do. You believe the stories of the Bible. He said, yes, I do. Do you believe the story about Jonah? He said, yes, I do. He said, do you believe that Jonah swallowed the whale? He said, no, sir, I don't. He said, I believe the whale swallowed Jonah, as the Bible says, but I want you to know, sir, that had the Bible said that Jonah swallowed the whale, I would believe it. So, uh, again, there's a lot of people out there that say, I want more proof. I want more proof that God exists. We just need to take what God has given us. It's, it's sufficient. Because even if you had more proof, you still would want even more proof after that. Because it's to you believe by faith. It has to be accepted by faith. That's why Jesus told these folks, he says, you know, an evil and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign. There shall be no sign given to it but the sign of the prophet Jonas. There's all kinds of symbols and signs that are uh, like guideposts, if you will, pointing to the, uh, to the Savior, pointing to the Messiah. And uh, there was a lot of people in Jesus' day that had read the Bible, had memorized the Bible, had understood the Bible in the sense that they, they, they could decipher certain things about it, but they were blind as to who the Messiah really was. Because here they are talking to Jesus and they don't believe. And there's so many things that pointed to Jesus. And I don't have time to look into. Of course we understand that uh, there was uh, there was many there were many prophecies of Jesus that he fulfilled. All of the prophecies of the Messiah Jesus did fulfill uh, in his, uh, concerning his birth and, and his life and so on. Those were fulfilled in Jesus. Uh, The the mathematical possibility of one man fulfilling uh, uh, those prophecies is astounding. Uh, Just some of the prophecies. Somebody did a study once, and they found that the mathematical probability of one man fulfilling, I believe it was just uh, 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 nine of those prophecies or something like that, was just just, uh, so astounding because uh, it was one to the 17th power. Or 1 in 10 to the 17th power and it would been like if somebody had taken the whole state of texas filled it completely uh with uh, across the whole state three feet high with half dollars and somebody were to mark just one of those half dollars and throw it into the midst of the whole state and now texas is a big state texas is a really big state you know they say everything's bigger in texas right and it's a big state. how many have ever been to texas how many have you ever driven across the state of Texas? Okay, it's a long ways across the state of Texas. Uh, you can drive all day and stay in the state of Texas. Uh, we lived down there for two years in Corpus Christi. And uh, one day we went up to a wedding, which was in uh, Albuquerque. And uh, that's not in Texas, that's New Mexico. But we uh, drove most of the time of those 11 hours in the state of Texas. And, uh, but the mathematical probability of one man fulfilling those prophecies would be like taking one half dollar, marking it, throwing it in the midst of the state of Texas, and then uh, per chance being able to pick up just one of those half dollars, you know, three feet high across the whole state, and it being that one. Jesus fulfilled more the nine prophecies. But we have to accept it by faith. You can give somebody all kinds of evidence and proof of something, but if they decide in their heart they don't want to believe it, they're not going to believe it. You have to accept it by faith. So uh, Jonah was in the fish for three days and three nights. Actually, I heard about two little boys. Two little boys were arguing as to whether... uh, Jonah had been swallowed by a, a whale. And uh, you know this one little boy didn't believe it. And he kept arguing with the other boy who did believe it. And uh, the one that didn't believe it, he said, come on, give me some proof that, uh, that uh, Jonah was swallowed by the whale. The one that did believe said, well, I can't necessarily prove it. Something you have to believe and accept by faith. But he said, when I get to heaven... I'll just ask Jonah if he had been swallowed by the whale, and that'll settle it, right? And the the one that didn't believe, he he thought he was pretty smart, and he said to the one that did believe, he said, what if Jonah isn't in heaven? The other boy said, well, then you can ask him. Well, Jonah was in the fish for three days and three nights, and then he repented and got right with God. We've been looking at the book of Daniel on Thursday nights and we saw Nebuchadnezzar uh, had been humbled by God because of his pride. God brought him down to, uh, to the level of a beast in the field, a basically a cow who ate grass. And for seven years he was like that. But the Bible tells us that he finally took took his eyes and he turned them heavenward and he, he repented of his sin of pride and God restored all of his faculties gave him his mind back and about a year later he passed away but we know that in Daniel chapter 4 verse 37 that possibly it looks to be that, that Nebuchadnezzar truly trusted Jesus Christ as his personal savior put his faith in God and uh, we know that, uh, uh, that here that Jonah finally repented of his sin he got right with God in the whale and uh, sometimes God has to humble us in order to get our attention. But you know, praise God for uh for the the working of God in our life. Many times we don't like it. We don't like what God puts us through, but ultimately is for the best. It's for God's glory and and it's for our our good ultimately. We know that Romans 8:28 is correct. We know that all things work together for good to them that love God and to them who are the called according to his purpose. See, the problem is in our American mentality, we think that everything has to be according to our purpose. But if you're a true uh, disciple of Jesus Christ, you need to submit your will to his. Be more than just a believer. Be a follower, a true disciple, a follower of Jesus Christ. Go beyond just belief in God and follow after him with your life. Live for him. Uh, So we see that uh, this picture here, though, uh, that, uh, you know, Jonah, he went and he got out of the whale and uh, the whale threw him up on dry ground and he went and preached to Nineveh. Finally, he did what was right. And uh, there was a great revival the whole, the whole entire population repented in sackcloth and ashes. Wow. And uh, Jesus said that this story is a uh, picture, is a story that pictures his own death, burial, and resurrection. I want to look at Jonah, if you would. Go with me to Jonah chapter 1. And we'll read a couple verses here, so keep your hand in both places here if you would. But Jonah chapter 1, verse 11. The Bible says, If you're not there, that's okay. I'll just read it. Uh, Then said they unto him, What shall we do? Now, we're going to backpedal a little bit. Here Jonah is in the boat. He's in the ship, okay? And there's a storm. (laughs) And uh, then said they unto him, What shall we do to thee? The sailors are speaking. The mariners are speaking to Jonah. What are we going to do with you? That the sea may be calm unto us. For the sea uh, wrought and was tempestuous. And uh, he said unto them, take me up and cast me forth into the sea. So shall the sea be calm unto you, for I know that for my sake this great tempest is upon you. See, Jonah came to the realization that the sin in his life was causing problems in other people's lives. He says the reason there's a storm is God's trying to get a hold of me, so throw me in and throw me over. And uh, he said, the only way that this ship can be saved is if you throw me overboard. If I'm sacrificed, the rest of you are going to be saved. So it's a picture of Jesus. Uh, this is a picture of the substitutionary death of Jesus Christ. He died in our place. Now, they, uh, if Jonah had jumped overboard on his own accord, well, that would have kind of ruined the picture. That would have destroyed this picture. Jonah was saying, you're going to have to take me and throw me overboard. It was the picture that the Lord Jesus Christ had been crucified by uh, our hands. Even though, of course, we know that Jesus had, was not, uh, his life was not taken from him, he willingly laid down his life. But that's what Jonah's doing. He's like, just take me and throw me overboard. He willingly did it. But um, it was for our sins that he suffered and he bled and he died. It, it was a substitute for us. But it was our hands that, uh, that uh, put them on the cross. Our sins that put them there on the cross. Uh, they didn't want to throw them over. And, 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 and these were, in a sense, good guys. They didn't want to uh, just throw them over. And, and they were trying to find some other ways. If you would go back with me to chapter 1, verse number 5. Jonah 1, 5. Then the mariners were afraid, and they cried every man unto his God. Uh, you know, I would say, number one today, there's people that are trying to find salvation with God because they understand if we're honest with ourselves that we're all sinners. We all have done wrong. We've broken God's law. But there's a lot of people today that aren't looking to Jesus. They're looking to false religion. They're looking to idolatry. They're looking to any other thing except for Jesus to find salvation. Now these men uh were uh, praying to their idols. And uh, just like today, many people in this world are uh, are caught up with false religion. They're praying to false gods. Or they're, or they're rejecting God completely. And that's a religion in and of itself. It's interesting to me that uh, the atheists are so mad at somebody that they don't believe in. I, and I'm not trying to be unkind this morning. I know it is a bit humorous, but I'm not trying to be unkind at all because I, I do know a, a handful of people that don't believe in God but it, I, and there's one in particular that I talked to and I said are you really truly an atheist or you're more, more of an agnostic or does, is it just the fact that God does not fit into your lifestyle or your choices or what you want to believe and he said that would probably be the latter because God doesn't fit into my belief system and if he was really honest like if all of us were honest in the world we really know in our hearts that God exists there's something missing. There's something. There has to be something. Of course, people look to all kinds of uh, other uh, gods or, uh, or rejection of God or uh, philosophies or ideologies or uh, you know, just ways of living. They try to fill the void with either drugs or alcohol or, uh, or some pursuit or some hobby. They try to fill that void with something. Well, these men, they were uh, trying to look for another way other than throwing Jonah overboard. Well, first of all, okay, verse number 5, they were uh, looking to gods. They were looking to their own uh, false religion. Secondly, we see that they tried to lighten the ship. The Bible says that, uh, verse number 5, and they cast forth the wares, or the, uh, the, the, the cargo that was in the ship into the sea to lighten it of them. And uh, they were trying to um, get rid of the things that were weighing them down. There's a lot of people that are trying to fill the void by getting rid of things in their life. They're trying to find uh, salvation by, uh, by getting rid of uh, certain uh, things, whether it's um, uh, uh, lust or pride or anger. You know, They're trying to deal with, with the, uh, the symptoms of the heart problem. The problem that all people have, born into this world, our sin nature. Uh, people don't. Uh, people are aren't sinners because they sin. They sin because of their sin nature. We naturally do uh, the 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 things that we do. Uh, if you're a sinner, you're gonna sin. And so we see that a lot of people in this world are trying to figure out how to stop sinning. They're trying to, uh, trying to manipulate their behavior in one way or another. Uh, there's doctor's offices today filled with people uh, that are trying to get help for uh, what they deem to be maybe a psychological problem, a behavior problem. But ultimately, it is a sin problem. And what secular uh, psychiatrists and psychologists and doctors tried to do is they tried to mask a sin problem with a therapy or a drug. And so uh, what these guys were doing, they were just trying to get rid of the things that were weighing them down. And and whether uh, people today go to a doctor or not, uh, we're all probably trying to work on behavior. Trying to deal with the pride in our life and trying to deal with the anger in our life and trying to deal with the bad uh, actions and, and behavior issues in our life. But ultimately, what they had to do is throw Jonah overboard. The third thing that we see in verse number 13, Jonah 1.13, is that they tried to, uh, to do good works. Verse 13, nevertheless, the men rowed hard, bringing to the land, but they could not, for the sea wrought and was tempestuous against them. See, they tried, to, uh, tried effort. Uh, what people are doing in religion today, they're trying to replace bad behavior uh, with good works. They're trying to outweigh their bad deeds with good deeds. I know all kinds of people in this world that think that they're going to get to heaven because they're not as bad as the next guy. But, you know, God doesn't judge us according to other people. God judges us based on his holiness and his character, his righteousness. And, uh, and without Jesus Christ, we're all utterly lost. Uh, look at, if you would, verse number 14. Wherefore they cried unto the Lord and said, We beseech thee, O Lord, we beseech thee, let us not perish for this man's life. And lay not upon us innocent blood, for thou, O Lord, hast done as it pleased thee. So they took up Jonah and cast him forth into the sea, and the sea ceased from her raging. That's what brought peace. The substitutionary sacrifice. What false religion, what A reformation, what good works could not do, a substitutionary sacrifice did. Jesus died on the cross for our sins because there's nothing that any of us could do to appease the wrath of Almighty God. But because of Jesus' substitutionary, vicarious sacrifice, what he did for us on the cross, he died in your place on the cross. Praise God for that, that he'd be willing to do that. So we see here, firstly, a story of substitutionary death. Secondly, a story of supernatural deliverance. Look at verse number 17. Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Go with me back to Matthew chapter 12 now. And uh, let's look at verse 40. For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The men of Nineveh shall rise in judgment with this generation and shall condemn it because they repented at the preaching of Jonah. And behold, a greater than Jonah is here. Who is the greater than Jonah that is here? jesus christ oh what a beautiful picture in the old testament of what jesus would do but a greater picture or a greater person than the picture is jesus christ oh what the lamb represented in the old testament the tabernacle and temple sacrifice what it represented was a perfect lamb that would someday come as john the baptist said behold or see look at the lamb of god which taketh away the sin of the." See, an Old Testament lamb only covered the sins of men. But the New Testament lamb, perfect lamb of God, Jesus Christ, who had been symbolized for all of those years, had been symbolized in, yes, a gruesome, violent death of, uh, of many lambs and bulls and goats and so on and rams. But it was all a picture of something to come. Jesus Christ shedding his blood uh, as the perfect lamb who could wash away our sins. And isn't it so awesome that we get to look back, not just at the death of Jesus Christ, the burial of Jesus Christ, but also the resurrection of Jesus Christ? See, what the Old Testament saints were looking towards was that which would come. And they only had, they had limited information. See, the prophets didn't even completely understand everything that they were writing in the Old Testament. It was perfect. It was what God had told them to write down. But they could only see so much ahead. We are looking back. And I would say this morning that we have a greater responsibility because we have more information. See, we know more than uh, even John the Baptist knew. We know more about Jesus. And we have more information. Even Jesus was saying in his day to the people he was speaking to in Matthew chapter 12, he says, hey, you have more information than even Nineveh had. And and yet you won't repent. They repented in sackcloth and ashes. And you're not going to get things right. He said, the men of Nineveh shall rise in judgment with this generation and shall condemn it because they repented uh, at the preaching of Jonah. And uh, Tyre and Sidon, the uh, Phoenician cities there on the Mediterranean, were known as wicked places. The Jews didn't really want much to do with those people. And, uh, but yet, they're the ones that followed Jesus, and they are the ones that were getting things right. See, the Jews, jesus own people, the ones he came to, they weren't even getting things right with God. And they knew better. They had the Old Testament. They had the Law and the Prophets. But with more information, we're going to be held to a greater responsibility. I believe Romans 2:12 tells us that. But uh, Jesus is saying that God comes uh, when God comes to judge us, I believe that God is primar- uh, not going to judge us primarily by the sin we, we've committed, but by the light that we've rejected. See, we have more light. We have more knowledge, in a sense. We have been given more. We have the bible you know we have so many bibles in this country we 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 don't know what to do with all of them some of you probably have two or three bibles at home and i'm not saying that's a sin but what what i'm saying is uh, just because of uh our, our, our so much information we've got the internet we've got so much access to stuff but yet we know less about God than we ever have before, really. It feels like that, that people are are less interested in a relationship with God, yet they've been given more light. Nineveh was a wicked, wicked city, and they were ripe for judgment, and God said that he was going to destroy it, but Jesus said the men of Nineveh will rise up in judgment with this generation. Jesus was speaking to the religious people who were lost. They had great light. The Son of God was in their midst. Remember, a greater than Jonah was in their presence. And they had come face to face with the truth. Now, my friends, people are foolish to celebrate Easter if they don't intend to get saved. Because the more light you have, the greater the judgment will be it would actually be better for you to go to hell from Nineveh than to go to hell from Milwaukee in this day and age because we have more information, we have more uh, light. Don't you understand that, as the Bible says in Luke chapter 12, unto whom much is given, much more shall be required. Uh, Don't you realize that uh, we who live in this generation don't only have the sign of Jonah and don't have the greater, uh, just have the greater than Jonah present with us. But we have the full store. We have the completed canon of Scripture, and we're looking back at Jesus. We're looking back at the resurrected Savior. See, this was before Jesus died on the cross, was buried, and came out of the grave and fulfilled that beautiful picture of Jonah. And 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 we're looking back at that today. Oh, we have uh, a lot of responsibility. And I'd be so very careful this morning that you would reject the light that has been given to you. This opportunity right now because uh, God is speaking to you through the Holy Spirit. It's not me that, uh, that, God, that uh, is speaking to you right now. It's the Holy Spirit that is using the word of God to impart this truth. Holy Spirit is saying to you, you need to receive that free gift of salvation before it's too late. You have to understand that there is a lot of different spiritual forces out there. There's things that are, uh, there's different spirits that speak to people. Uh, is why John said to try the spirits to see whether they be of God. Because there are some things that are not of God. Uh, the devil uh, speaks to people just like the Holy Spirit speaks to people, I believe. The devil would be saying to you, if you're not safe, he would be saying, you're fine, you've got plenty of time, or you're okay, uh, you're better than that person. Uh, well, you maybe need to look into this a little bit longer. You need to have more proof. Again, if you get more proof, that doesn't mean that you're going to believe at that point because uh, sometimes that hunger for proof just grows and grows and grows it has to be a step of faith at some point. You have to go from uh, rejecting Jesus to just saying, I'm just going to accept what the Bible says. There's plenty of proof out there. And the Holy Spirit, if if you're not saved this morning, the Holy Spirit is telling you, you need to receive that free gift of salvation. See, it's not about trying harder. It's not about getting rid of things in your life. See, Jesus will help with all of those uh, needs that you have. You know, the behavior need, uh, the uh, different emotional needs and uh, physical needs that you might have. Uh, He will take care of all of those things. You might be saying, well, if I have a dreaded disease, is Jesus going to heal me of that? Yes. Because ultimately, we're not going to live in this sinful flesh anymore. Someday we will be delivered from this body. Praise God for that. And we'll, uh, we'll partake in the resurrection uh, that Jesus showed us, okay? That, that resurrection that he gave us, we will be able to partake in. And so, yes, ultimately, you will be delivered from those things. But uh, don't come to Jesus just because of what he can give you as far as, well, I can have a better life in this. I'm going to warn you right now, Jesus said, don't come to me if you're thinking things are going to get better because you're going to suffer persecution as a Christian. You're going to go through hard times. But ultimately, it's the right decision. And it's, the only, it's the only correct decision that you can make as far as your eternal salvation. Don't, don't look around, and, and again, probably most of you, if you're not saved, you've looked into other things trying to find the answer. You've sought after uh, different religions and you've looked into those things. But don't uh, believe the lie that you've got to look into more things and, and try this over here and try that over here the Bible supersedes anything. The Bible has stood the test of time. That is one of the proofs right there. We have a perfect book. We have God's Word. And uh, and so you just have to believe it. Go from disbelief to faith. Receive the free gift of salvation. God is speaking to you. And uh, don't ask Him for more uh, revelation until you take what he's already given to you, okay? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Think about what the Philippian jailer said uh, to Paul and Silas, I believe it was Acts 16. He says, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said to him, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Don't try harder. He didn't say that. He didn't say, well... You're going to go through a, a program. We're going to start you out, and, you know, there's 10 steps or 12 steps. They didn't say, well, you need to get baptized, which they did get baptized after they were saved. They didn't say any of those things. He said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. See, it's faith. The Bible says that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We're all sinners. We're all in the same boat. The boat is going down, Okay. There's no, there's no rowing or lightning of the boat. There's no bailing. We, we couldn't bail enough water, okay? Because at some point, uh, our light is going to go out. We're going we're gonna to pass away, okay? And in eternity, there's no second chances. You I say, well, why wouldn't God give us a second chance in eternity? That's just how it is. You, you've got one shot at this. You don't don't have guaranteed another opportunity to hear this this salvation message and for the Holy Spirit to be working and for you to just open your heart up to to the Lord Jesus and open that door and say, come on in. I I receive your free gift of salvation. See, there's there's not going to be another opportunity guaranteed. Receive the free gift of salvation. With every head bowed and every eye closed this morning, we understand that we're all sinners. We're all sinners. We're all in the same condition. Now there are some in this room who are saints. <laughs> they were born a sinner, but they became a saint. All oh, you might say, "Well, is it because they're special?" Well, we're all special to God. He loves us all. The Bible says, "For all, uh, or for God to so love the world." That he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So that's very special. If you believe in him, yes, you're a part of that special group of, of saints. But there's not one saint in the world that uh, deserves it. It was all by invitation, and it was all because of Jesus. And so uh, there are some that were born sinners, but they became saints because of Jesus. They, there was a day where they, they turned from their sin in the sense that they, they understood that their sin was condemning them to hell, and they received the only uh, possible solution for the sin problem, and that was the blood of Jesus Christ. They looked to Jesus, what he did on the cross. His death was enough. It was an atonement. See, his perfect sacrifice is the perfect lamb. He died on the cross. His blood was shed. Jesus never sinned. I don't care what what anyone tells you. Jesus was perfect. The God-man, deity in the flesh. And he died on the cross. He was buried as it was prophesied. Three days later, on Sunday, the first day of the week, he rose from the grave. And he was seen, uh, as Paul says, by... More than 500 people at one time. And Many other, or as Luke says, as many other infallible proofs. There were many things that cannot be refuted. Tons of proof, but it still requires faith. We're all sinners. We deserve to go to hell. Eternity is too late to decide. This morning, God loves you. Jesus died for you. He was your substitution. God proved his love for us in that he sent his son Jesus. But you have to make a decision to receive that great salvation that God provides to you. It's an individual choice. I can't make the decision for you. I wish I could. But you have to receive for yourself by faith. With every head bowed, every eye closed, let's go ahead and pray this morning. If you would, let's stand to our